Award-winning journalists, New York Times bestsellers, no topic out of bounds, no opinions left unsaid, an institution for sports talk and information. This is The Sports Reporters. Here's Mike Lupica, Mitch Albom, and Bob Ryan. I'm Bob Ryan of the Boston Globe and ESPN. I'm Mitch Album of the Detroit Free Press. I'm Mike Lupica of the New York Daily News and MLB.com. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Sports Reporters Podcast. We're with you on Mondays and Thursdays now. We used to be with you on Sundays at television. We put the band back together. Two interesting blowout games uh, in championship games for different reasons uh, yesterday. And we'll start with the first one because Patrick Mahomes, uh, for the next two weeks... Um, and through the, the Super Bowl in Miami is going to feel like someone who is poised, and we've had other quarterbacks like Cam Newton before, posed to become as big a star as we have in American sports right now. Um, we saw what happened after it was 24 to nothing against him against the Texans. It was 51 to 7 after that. Yesterday, obviously, when it was ten nothing, uh, they had they had them right where they wanted them, the Tennessee Titans, and it go they go uh, they 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 pretty much look the way they did coming back against the Texans, and in the midst of all this. <laughs> Mahomes makes this great an individual play by a quarterback, as I can remember in the playoffs, going down the sideline, somehow getting loose. And you know what, guys, I'll just start by saying this. He's going to the Super Bowl. He probably thinks he should have gone to last year if his team hadn't lost a coin flip to the Patriots. I'm sure he does feel that way. Everyone in Kansas City feels that way. That's another topic for another day. But Mike, my, my favorite part of that run was the conclusion, the spin. I know. I mean, he doesn't, doesn't, you know, at that moment, as we're watching, we're thinking, oh, you know, he's going to, you know, wow, he got down to the two and he <laughs> spins into the end zone. Yep. I mean, yep. that was the coup. Uh, it was, uh, no, I can't dispute that. I can't recall anything similar to it executed by a quarterback in, in, in postseason that I ever remember. Uh, and it is funny that, uh, it, it, you know, not funny, but it's interesting that you know, with all the attention, it was focused on Lamar Jackson and God knows I slobbered and gushed over him as much as anyone we else. We all did, yeah. Yeah, you know, with good reason. And, you know, but with this guy to be able to execute that kind of play uh, in a Jacksonesque mood, uh, it, was, it was pretty exciting. Well, I imagine he would have, uh, he probably would have been able to execute that play uh, uh, against Baltimore. Uh, it, you know, if he could do it against Tennessee, they're both good defensive teams when they need to. And he, he's just a superlative player. He was the leading rusher for his team. He was the leading passer for his team. He was the leading <laughs> miracle maker for his team. Uh, and he does deserve to be there. Uh, although, you know, we didn't get the game that we wanted in the in the AFC Championship. We did want to see Lamar Jackson against him. Lamar Jackson is 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 likely to win the MVP award. Uh, and uh, you know, I would have loved to have seen a showdown between the two of them. It's, all right, we didn't see it. They didn't play each other. Uh, he is he is going into this Super Bowl now. Uh, as the favorite quarterback and certainly the quarterback with more experience mm-hmm. uh, at, at doing this, which is crazy because we're so used to Tom Brady being there and, you know, no one having as much experience as him. And now we got two really young quarterbacks in terms of their total experience, if, if not just their ages. And you're right, Mike. I mean, he wins the Super Bowl. He's cemented. He's already a major star. I mean, he's, he's arguably, you know, the, the top three or four stars in the NFL. And if he adds a Super Bowl uh, to it, as I imagine he will, uh, he'll get even bigger. But I think it's, it's right. You know, uh, Andy Reid 
finally getting there again and shedding that label of being a guy who can't can't get there again. He'll have an opportunity to make up for what happened in Philadelphia. Hopefully we won't be watching a, a second half where they, they meander up to the line and everybody's going, hello. Oh, my you know? God. he's yeah. st- Ryan, he's still an Andy Reid hater. He's still not an Andy now- Reid hater. Oh, I just said it's waiting. nice for him. What part waiting. of this are you not listening to? You're I just still said it's waiting great. for you're still evoking what <laughs> what happened in Philadelphia. <laughs> I did grow up in thousand years you're not ago. Forget about that. But it's nice I mean, that he's back. It's nice that Mahomes. It's part of his resume, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm a doubter. I mean, I until he wins. Uh, you know, I mean, I know. I okay. Yeah, here's, got, here's what I'll say about Andy Reid. Yes, did, did did he get out coached by Belichick the one time he's at the Super Bowl? Yes, he did. I, but there has been next to Belichick, Bob and Mitch, the, you look at, 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 at his fingerprints on this sport and his guys all over the sport. He has been as influential a coaching figure in the sport in his time as anybody probably except Belichick. And it was a wonderful sports story. First time in a half a century for the Chiefs on the day when they get the Lamar Hunt trophy. Okay. And I'm old enough to remember when they upset Joe Cap in the Vikings in, in Super Bowl four. And, and, you know, as, as somebody pointed out yesterday, yeah, after watching the Chiefs offense the last uh, two weeks, yeah, it, it's a it, good thing nobody hired Eric Bieniemy as, as, as a head coach, their offensive coordinator. But, but I, I just want to get back to Mahomes for a second. He as great as Lamar Jackson was this season. Guys, do you, would you dispute the fact that Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football when he's healthy? Well, once you know, once again, the best player, best offensive player. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But but Bob, he's he's it is, and you know you both know how much I love Lamar Jackson and have since he was in college. Okay. I'm just saying Mahomes is a better thrower of the ball. Um, he's not as fast as Lamar, but you saw on that 27-yard run, and he said afterwards, well, they were doubling all my receivers. Oh, okay, so I'll do what I did then and, and, and pull a rabbit out of the hat. Again, he is set up. He is set up. To, to, to be treated in his sport like Steph or LeBron or one of those guys is in, in theirs, especially if the Chiefs win this game. Well, oh, if they question. win the game, he's also being set up for that, Mike. And, we, you know, we've seen that happen before. We have seen Mahomes not live up to the moment on certain games. We have seen Mahomes be strangely ineffective given the high standards for him in some regular season games. He's now going to have two weeks uh, where he's going to be the singular focus. Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be the, the also-ran, especially after throwing eight passes to get into the thing. Everyone is going to consider him you know, part of the team, whereas everybody's going to consider Mahomes the team. And that's unfair, but that's the way it works when it comes to quarterbacks. So this is a lot of pressure that he's going to face for the next couple of weeks, and, 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 and we'll see how he handles it when he, when he gets out there on the field in, in Miami. And, and Meanwhile, to... All I'm saying is he was there last year. He was knocking on the door. He lost a coin flip, and he didn't get to play in overtime, okay? But the games he played has played in the playoffs. You know, I just went, I went back last night and looked up what he did against the, the, the Patriots, and obviously Brady had a better game that night. But the kid threw for nearly 300 yards, and it, he's he played pretty much the game he has played the last two weeks against the Texans and now the Titanics. And, and so I, I don't think that there's any point in his brief – playoff history where the moment was too big for him you know i'm glad i just want to have a can i just have a very 
quick aside, Mike, you hit, you hit something that, that I think doesn't get stressed enough. And it's not like no one ever thought of it, but it doesn't get stressed enough. And that is when you're evaluating the performances and the resumes and the, and the legacies and all this stuff about quarterbacks uh, and uh, and quarterback wins, you know, which is a stupid statistic, uh, I think. And the, uh, you, you forget that you can only do so much. You know, you do you do your thing, and the other team does their thing. And if your defense doesn't hold up, you know, in other words, so you you're right. He he didn't win that game is because he didn't get a chance. He played every bit as well, you know, pretty much as Brady. You know, in both of the Patriots losing Super Bowls against the Giants, Brady handed the lead back. You know, yes, he, yeah. he handed the lead back. Said, guys, get him off the field one time, one more time, and we win. And they couldn't do it twice. Uh, and Eli rose to the occasion and got it done for the Giants. It, it's not as if Brady didn't do it for the Patriots, right? He just he just handed the ball. I'm saying so. I just remember this, folks out there, when you're talking about quarterback wins, it, it's a very s- sketchy stat. You know, it, it it this quarterback does what he can do, but the, then the, in the end, the defense has to do what they do. And if the defense doesn't do it, you may not win the game. All right. I'm off well, the soapbox. That, that's, that's what's going to be a great Super Bowl here because you have, and we'll talk about them later, uh, just a remarkable defense that the San Francisco 49ers have going now. With, with all their guys back, they're, they're scary. They're really scary. Yeah. And uh, ask Aaron Rodgers what it's like to try to play against them. And so uh, on the one hand, you got that. On the other hand, with Kansas City, you have, as I think uh, whoever the announcer was in the game yesterday said, there's just too much talent on that team to keep them down. Two weeks in a row, the opposing team jumped out in front of them uh, offensively, uh, was able to, to, to move the ball against their, their defense and spot them uh, you know, a, a lead that they had to try to come back against. But when you've got, and you, you know, just lay it out, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, the fastest guy in football, Travis Kelsey, who uh, is, is uh, it's him or Kittle as the, uh, the reigning amazing tight end, uh, you know, uh, heir apparent to Gronkowski's title. Uh, and then you also have guys like Sammy Watkins, who had a hell of a day yesterday. Damian Williams, who, who suddenly was, you know, a, a great running back. They are just loaded with talent. And when you have a guy moving the ball around like Patrick Mahomes, and you're right, Mike, he doesn't run as fast as Lamar Jackson, but laterally he's he's more effective you know Lamar Jackson takes off and basically he's a running back and 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 then he gains as much yards as but he's not throwing the ball anymore Patrick Mahomes can run just as many total yards without ever crossing the line of scrimmage and then end up making an amazing pass uh, a la what you know uh, Rodgers has done in his He's career. a better thrower of the ball. Than and he's Lamar's. a way better thrower. He's a way better thrower. He's way more yeah. accurate. We saw I, what happened to Lamar Jackson trying to throw the out passes. Uh, you know, he got yeah. picked off in those games. I think you just described uh, Mahomes' style and, and ability uh, as the younger Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Aaron you Rogers know, I, I talk about this yeah. in the party shop, Bob. He's he's doing things. He's doing these things. It's as a kid that Rodgers did as a kid. And and again, what we're talking about here is is true. And we'll have you know, we got two weeks to talk about the, the Super Bowl and matchups and everything. And now he's got to do it in the big game. But so far in his career, so far in his career, he's played four um, um, playoff games. He's thrown 11 touchdown passes, no interceptions, nearly 1,200 passing yards, and he stopping him will be the main event. And and Bob, Mitch, and I were talking about this the other day. What San Francisco going to try to do, and again, we'll break down that game later, is they're going to try to keep him off the field. They're going to try to do to him what they did to the Packers last night and, and, yep. and run the ball. But Which, Mahomes, by the way, 
uh, the te- Tennessee did very nicely for a while with an eight-minute drive, for oh, yeah. if you recall. Hey, you know, hey, that, that listen, were, let, let's were, let's be let's give some nods to Tennessee here. Going into the fourth quarter, this was a twenty-one to seventeen game. Going into the fourth quarter, they hung with them. Uh, this is a nine and seven team, a team that I think basically made the playoffs on the last weekend. Uh, and they had, you know, they knocked off two amazing teams that, you know, won the reigning champion and won everybody's favorite superstar to get to play. They did it all on the road, and they went on the road to Kansas City and and fought into the fourth quarter before, uh, you know, Kansas City just kind of hit the gas on it and took away their their one great weapon, which is hand the ball to Derrick Henry in the second half and let him eat up the clock. And they couldn't do that. And, and Ryan Tannehill is not going to win you that game by himself and he was kind of exposed for that in the fourth quarter but if somehow they had stayed one touchdown closer in that game uh they would have handed the ball off to henry and and you know henry was pretty damn good yesterday too not obviously okay. like he no, was he the, got the 69 week. he had 60 yeah yards. but he got 69 because they, they, they turned away from him but, you know but, halfway through the second half i thought this game changed forever kansas city's way when when the Titans punted the ball back with around two minutes left, Bobby, in, at the end of the first half, 17-14, everything that could have happened so far for the Titans, is, and you're thinking, don't get they needed, I just felt like they needed to go down and score there, even if they only got a field goal there, mm-hmm. okay? And once you give the kid the ball back and you saw what happened, and all of a sudden, they're behind at, at the half. They've done everything they could have possibly done except for one thing they hadn't scored more points than the chiefs at that point and and you could just feel like the wolf was at the door at at, at that point and that's exactly it's exactly what happened 10 nothing down it, it's it, it, they scored 35 points it, it's stunning what they've done the last uh, two weeks you're, you're you know so what? right mike i i that's a guy i'll tell you exactly that moment i'm looking at it now while you were talking about it third and nine uh, at uh, just outside of the two-minute warning, and Tannehill throws a pass to Deion Lewis, and he doesn't get to the line of scrimmage. They mm-hmm. needed nine, he gets six. Mm-hmm. They needed nine, he gets six. By the way, that is that is basically the Detroit Lions mantra. We just yeah. walk around here going, <laughs> needed nine, got six. Uh, and and so they had a punt at the two-minute warning, and you just yep. knew, yep. you know, it just knew that's it. You know, you, 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 if you if they get one first down there. They go into halftime with the lead. It's a different game, and and uh, on such little things, do oh, of course. Mo- does yeah. momentum turn? It's incredible. You know, I think uh, uh, with the possible exception of Raheem Mustard, who obviously we're going to address yeah. in, in a while, the yeah. breakout star of the postseason and the late season of NFL was Mike Vrabel. Oh, Mike yeah, Vrabel's no, stock yeah, and his yeah, image has risen to where I think he's on the. This is the beginning of of one of the next, maybe the next great coaching career. I'm just going to say that. Well, with one caveat, Bob, though, I'll ask you this: You think he continue can continue to do this with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback? No, I mean his coaching. No, oh, I mean he's. I'm, Oh. I mean, don't they face don't they face one major, major, well, major issue for a, for a team that wants to you know be there all the time? He was good they they to benched get... Marcus, Marcus Mariota, who you know they 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 had a high draft pick for, and you know is he just going to be a very expensive uh, come in and play one down uh, a game guy? Are they Jameis and Mariota that year? By the way, Mitch, Jameis Winston and Marcus <laughs> yeah. Mariota those those were the top two picks. In Mitch, the I don't anticipate him being a a Tennessee lifer. My, when I say what I said, yeah. it was because I think that, that he's going to get snatched away 
uh, probably. It's you know, I just think he's going to. This he's to break. Well, I'm yeah. just saying he's going to have a great coaching career. Period. Yeah. Okay. Derrick Henry did pretty well for himself in the postseason too. But the thing is, Mitch, when you look at the way they're constructed and the way Variable clearly likes to play, okay, and and they had a tremendous finishing kick and they did it with defense and Henry, okay. It's hard to play that way for 16 games, and you know, for the regular season, they, you got to throw the ball in in this league. And maybe, you know, maybe he thinks that this is the beginning of a great rousing second act for Ryan Tannehill. They obviously like him. It was one. It might have been the single boldest move of the entire NFL season, making the move from Mariota to to, to Tannehill. But man, oh man, do, do you look at them now? In, in a conference that has Lamar and has Patrick Mahomes and think, oh, yeah, okay, they're going to they're, they're gonna be able to tee it up with the big boys next year for 16 games. Yeah. Well, that's a question. We're looking at him coaching. Uh, you do what you got to do. You, you know, he's using the weapon he has. You, you're leaning on Henry. Who's to say, uh, I, I don't think there's any indication that this is his tried and true philosophy that he's not going to be able to be adaptable when he, if he gets a different kind of but, quarterback. But uh, Tannehill's a free agent. And, uh, you know, they may actually welcome that. Uh, who knows? Yeah. It'd be very interesting. Hey, Maybe they could get touchdown Tom Brady down uh, there, just, Mitch. Michael, yeah. you just jumped the you, – you you pulled a, a uh, Clint Jones or with Cliff Jones, you you, you know, or, or uh, Frank, you know, you we were in the backfield before the snap. That was good. I was just going to say that that <laughs> could be a landing place for Brady. Well, I mean, he knows Vrabel, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, the team's Tom pretty is, well set up. Absolutely. Decided, you know, it's, it's out there now. He's looking forward to a change. Hey, Mitch, Mitch, when you look at that, when you go back and look at the play Mahomes made, and, and by the way, it was only 27 yards. Didn't it seem like it was about 87 yeah. yards? When and a quarterback he, runs 27 yards, it is 87 yards. And he gets out, so he gets out of trouble, and you think, okay, well, good. He could get to, he could get to the sideline. And then you say, okay, how will go? He's going to get a first down out of it. Oh, no, wait. Well, he didn't step out of bounds. <laughs> Nope. There was one guy there, I, I can't remember his name, but I think his number was 35. Yes, who had 35. a clean shot at him Adam. and went to try to tackle his shoulder pads. Are you freaking kidding me? No. I mean, you get a fair shot at a quarterback like that and you don't you don't go at least for his legs or something. And he just literally fell off of him and then uh, and and then he spun into the end zone. It's the worst tackle of the day. Or it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad, but all I just I tweeted out after that. God, it's fun watching this kid play football. It's and and by the way don't you love those shots for two weeks in a row of him getting with his teammates when they were behind and everything he's everything a quarterback should be including the clear leader of the football team yeah yeah and and, and you saw it in the post-game uh, interviews when the guys would interrupt and uh, was it kelsey got jumped in front and said he's the greatest quarterback in the nfl when, when your teammates are doing that for you and you're not having to say it yourself, and you're you're that young, you have accomplished something because you, um, you know they, they don't always they don't always take to you when you're that young. It's a lot of prove it and that kind of thing, or uh, you're getting paid too much, or you're getting paid more than that, me. They obviously are on his bandwagon. They love him. The, the perp, by the way, number thirty-five. His name is Tremaine Brock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> should be ex Titan Tremaine Brock. Yeah. Because but there, the, the, we, you know, we're going to get the, you know, again, we got two weeks to talk about this, but I, I believe that the way the season played out, 
the two best teams will be in Miami because you can't judge the Chiefs by what they were when Mahomes was hurt. You had to judge them, and as soon as they came back, he looked like the Chiefs. Really, the only bad loss they had was to Tennessee. um, You know, coming down the stretch, and uh, no, they they it's 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 a very good Super Bowl. And uh, before we get to game number two, gentlemen, game number two. We'd like to remind you that we are sponsored today by our friends from Geico. Okay, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company is Geico. Go to Geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in five, four, three, two, one, I'm out of time. Okay, Bob, Mitch and I were talking about this the other day and, and what Garoppolo was going to do and if the moment was going to be ba, 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 and whether the, the Smith guys were going to chase him around. It didn't matter because they had a guy who was going to rush for nine thousand yards and allow the the 49ers to go to the freaking Super Bowl with their quarterback throwing for, for, for throwing the ball what eight times eight, eight. I, yes. he handed off very nicely very expertly though it was good eight technique, Mitch technique on eight handoffs. times yeah. gentlemen this I is- have to tell you that I have negotiated uh, into the eighth decade of life and it was in, in which uh, I was unaware of the existence on this earth of this chap who gained all these yards yesterday. I mean it. Even in the regular season, I paid no attention to him. I, this, this resume of Mustard, seven teams, uh, special teams guy. Uh, all the, He's the uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick of running I, backs. I, I, I'm sorry. I, this is the, the, I'm only a, it's a revelation to me the last couple of weeks that this guy even exists. It's just a sign to think well, now that he's done something yeah. that only one guy in the history of the postseason never did, and that was Eric Dickerson to run as many yards. It's crazy. He's paid, played on six or seven teams. Uh, he's bounced around, uh, and and I don't think he's going to have that game in the Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> I, I think it was one of those games, one of those moments. The other running back got hurt. It was basically just him. Yeah. But, listen, you don't gain <coughs> those yards when you're Raheem Mostert, not Barry Sanders, if you don't have an offensive line that's just dominating. And, you know, it's never sexy. It's never as much fun. You're dealing with anonymous people. But the fact is that John Lynch, and give him credit, he stepped out of a TV booth. You know, obviously, when Matt Millen tried that, it was a disaster. And, and, and he tried it, and it's been a huge success in three years. They've done incredible stuff. But what he did was build that team through the line. And, you know, it, it shows... In you know their Pro Bowl selections between their Pro Bowl uh, starters and alternates, they've got uh, let's see, uh, Bosa on the defensive line, Kittle on the offensive line as a, you know as a tight end, uh, Eric Armstead on the defensive line, DeForest Buckner on the defensive line, their center, their tackle, their defensive back, and their linebacker. This this not Raheem Mostert, okay? The guys who are going to the Pro Bowl are the guys in, in the trenches on both sides, and that's how they won that game. And that's how, if they're going to win the Super Bowl, they're going to win the Super Bowl because their 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 front is ridiculous. It, you know, it, it 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 the guys that they got rushing the quarterback now and putting pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run are are incredible. And this is going to be a classic defense offense Super Bowl. 
Uh, take some time to work it out to see which way you think is going to go. But they won that game because of their line play. And, and as good as Raheem Mostert was, he doesn't gain those yards if those holes aren't there. I, I, I agree with everything you said, but we still have to talk about this guy. I mean, he is one of the unlikely running back heroes in, in, in the history of this time of year. The only guy I can remember who stepped out of the shadows this way and, and had these kinds of numbers were like 30 years ago, Tim Smith of the Redskins uh, in, in Super Bowl 22, who had replaced George Rogers and ended up just bursting on the scene, getting a million yards in the Super Bowl against the, the Broncos. And, and again, I agree with Bob. I had heard his name a couple of times, but, but in the biggest game of his team season, the biggest game, the 40 Niners have played in a long time and yes the blocking was tremendous but still running backs have to make decisions they have to they have to make decisions on the fly in the barrel in the open field this guy looked this guy you know who he was yesterday Mitch he was Derrick Henry he had a Derrick Henry game for the 49ers and and if he doesn't who knows how that game goes and 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 do I think he's going to do it again no I don't think he's going to do it again but he has carved out a place for himself in championship game history because of what he did yesterday. Oh, and no again, question. he is the Ryan Fitzpatrick of running backs. He has played for all those teams. And I couldn't, I couldn't name four of them. Well, they came into the game with that game plan. This wasn't something like, oh, my God, this guy's just stepping out. Let, let's hand it to him. They, you know, everybody said after the game was over, their game plan was we're going to run it and run it and run it and run it and see if they can stop us. And when they asked uh, Shanahan afterwards, why would you keep running? He said, because it was working. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like right. it's pretty, pretty blatant answer. And, you know, I don't think they came in saying, Jimmy Garoppolo, you do not throw more than eight passes today. I think that that was just exactly all they needed out of him was eight passes, uh, six of which, by the way, were completions. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback throw eight passes and get a 104 rating uh, in, in the NFL. It's usually oh. you throw eight passes because you're By the way, here's Raheem. You want the travel log, guys, for Raheem? Philadelphia, Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, the New York Jets, the Chicago Bears, the San Francisco 49ers. And you could, Bob, you could have stumped me today by asking me where he went to college. Yeah, well, I just found out an hour ago. It was Purdue. And, <laughs> right. And he was, he was a renowned return man there. <laughs> and and he was an undrafted 2015. Okay, so it's, right, uh, yeah, yeah, you love these weeks, stories. A few weeks ago, it was Tevin Coleman was doing it for yep. him. Okay, yeah, by the way, I hope you know, he's and then okay. and then he got then he got hurt, and and all of a sudden, you know, Mostert gets 29 carries. It's very, 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 very rare in today's NFL that any running back gets 29 carries. Speaking it, of it, Coleman, it, I, I doesn't I, happen. We should be on the alert today to find out what happened to him. That that was you know exactly. It, I know it's right doubling. because yeah. shoulder and elbow. Yeah. I don't know something. That yeah, but could... if they're if they're left with essentially one running back going in there, it makes it a lot easier for Kansas City to to uh, to yeah. plan for them. And uh, you know, I don't look. Let's celebrate him. It's great. I think it's wonderful. A guy who's had to play on all those teams gets his moment in the sun. Uh, and uh, you know, he's going to have to carry the ball obviously in the Super Bowl more, especially if Coleman's out. But. You know, I don't think we're going to see the same game. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to do more. Now, I mean, <laughs> at least you know, 16 passes. Yeah, yeah, at least 10. <laughs> might have to throw at least 10 digits. passes, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. 12. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, do you think that they can win with this style against Kansas City? Well, 
you know, no, and I don't think they're going to try. I actually don't think they're going to try. I mean, everybody watched the same game yesterday. And no, if they even sense that they're going to do this as well as they block, they're going to, you know, they're going to stack the box and see what happens. But but let's talk about the 49ers because Mitch alluded to this. Who knew that John Lynch was going to be able to put together this sort of operation? And, they, you know, very rarely in the history of the sport has somebody gone from four and 12 to the big game. Three times. The, only yeah. Three. And, and, and this is this is a tremendous story because you guys have heard me talk about this before. I don't believe that generally there's any such thing as a long rebuild in the National Football League. It, so it, I've always believed it, it happens fast, and then you're a contender again, or you're not. Except they they want four last year, six the year before, two the year before that, five the year before that. Last time they were even 500 was in the 2014 season. And and if, if they are properly looking at this as a return to glory in Kansas City out of the distant past, this is more recent glory from when from Walsh and, and Seifert and who the 49ers became in the 1980s with Joe Montana. And and they they rose up again. And, and you know what I was thinking, guys, yesterday, watch that game. Who they were yesterday is who they became pretty early in this season. And we kept thinking, well, it can't last. It can't last. Mm-hmm. And, and guess what? It lasted. Yeah, you're right about that. I think I, I was pretty skeptical about, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. With the, well, no, there's no question. Well, uh, So generation of fans has now grown up in San, San Francisco hearing about the story days of old in, in the 80s and and and, and, uh, and all those names of the past and 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 you're 30 35 years old and this is all new this is all history you know, the, all the stuff you read about and suddenly they now they they're back and, and they've got you know, the back of, well nice. there's there's a lot of things that you can point to on that story Mike that you laid out that that just worked out uh, not that it was fun going through those losing seasons but Jimmy Garoppolo goes down last year and Instead of having a year where, I don't know, maybe they're eight and eight or maybe they're nine and seven, maybe they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs and, you know, they, they, they go to four and 12. And four and 12, by the way, this year won't get you the number two pick. I think it'd get you number four or five. <laughs> right. But last year it happens to get you the number two pick. And who do they pick up? Nick Bosa, who has been a game changer for them oh, in his God. first season. And, and it's the kind of thing that Chase Young is probably going to do for some team who gets him with the number two pick. And, and, and you know, real good teams don't add players like that in the draft. But when a good team, and they were a good team, loses his quarterback and then manages to, to lose all those games, they get the opportunity and they bounce back. It's weird. Okay, That was seasonal. That was draft-wise. Now let's look at game-wise this season. Seattle, final game of the year. Pass goes to the tight end from uh, from Russell Wilson. Tight end, I, I forget the tight end's name. He gets within, what, what a yard of the end zone? One of and the great tackled. hits of the year. One of the great, One of the great oh. hits. And yeah. instead of instead of winning the game on that play, because they were trailing by five, they lose 26-21. And San Francisco goes from a, a number five uh, uh, seed to a number two. Gets to stay at home, misses the first round, doesn't have to play a, a wild card game, and gets to stay home the whole way. Aaron Rodgers himself said, we need one of these games against these guys in Lambeau. I said that to you, Mike, when we were talking about yeah. this game, when I said the 49ers were going to win it. It's not Lambeau. And and you play them in Lambeau, maybe they're not having that same game. And so all of those things, from the draft pick and Garoppolo's injury and, and getting Bosa to, all the way to the last game of this season, which had just happened to work out in the final play of the game, 
this is you know kind of a destiny sort of year for these guys, and now they got one more game to see if they can pull it. Can off. I can I point out one other thing that sometimes you don't have to somehow fall into a great chance early in the draft? Do you know where, what what round Mister Kittle was drafted in? Fifth. The fifth. He was a fifth <laughs> round. For all these guys to say, oh, yeah, I kept a list of all the guys. Okay. He was taken in the fifth. He was taken. Bobby, he was taken down there in Bradyville. Okay. Yeah. He, no. <laughs> and, and, and now is it even in dispute that we're going to see the two best tight ends no. in this sport no. in Miami in a couple of weeks? None, none at all. They're the, they're the new gold standard. And it is. Well, I just love these draft stories in any sport. You know, the, the old inexact science thing about it is truth. It's one of the most unshakable truths in, 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 our, in all our life is that the, these drafts are inexact sciences. Hey, by the way, Mitch, if for, for, not only does Andy Reid get a chance at Super Bowl redemption, you know who else gets a chance at Super Bowl redemption? The head, the HC of the 49ers, okay? Because Kyle Shanahan will always remember some play-calling decisions he made when the Falcons could have put the Patriots away in that Super Bowl. And and when they had a chance to do anything except throw the ball, run the ball a couple of times, kick a field goal, and the game would have been over. And as much as anything that happened in the second half that night, that sequence of plays, Bob, remember where they got pushed back and, and it, it, it changed everything that happened mm-hmm. after that. So Kyle Shanahan, the kid, has a little chance at redemption as well. And, Let me and guys, Kyle Shanahan... He knows that how much if you don't get it right in the Super Bowl, that can warp your team. Atlanta has never been the same nor since has, that game, and they've Seattle. got all kinds of talent. And they're never, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, Seattle it's so hasn't ever been the same either. Cam Newton, the next thing, and the Panthers have never been the same. Now never they're starting the over with a college coach, not all that far from when they played Peyton and the. You no, know, no, it's it's th- those losses. Sometimes you come back, and again, it's it's what we, Mitch. What do we always talk about? That's why you have to look back in the wayback machine and admire what the Buffalo Bills did back in the day because they got their hearts broken year after year. But guess yeah. what? They came back. Yeah, I have a question times. for my esteemed colleagues, use guys, and that is the following thing: this, uh, this, this running exhibitions that we're seeing in the postseason. Uh, 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 we have a quarterback throwing, you know, ten passes, eight passes at, at times. Uh, is, is this completely and utterly aberrational, or will this influence thinking in the league that you know maybe we should think a little more about balance instead of having every game be an aerial circus? That's a good question, and I think part of the reason that it happened, Bob, wasn't because oh, we're just all falling in love with the pass. Part of the reason that it happened is they changed the rules, and they, they made the passing game more attractive to teams because they changed the rules about defending. You know, going back in the days when, when Eric Dickerson was carrying the ball a thousand times or whatever, they didn't have the same pass interference rules or you yeah. can't touch the receiver or you can't even breathe on the receiver rules that they have now. So the rules are set up in a way that if you're smart and you're playing the odds, you're going to get a great quarterback and great receivers because you can accomplish more that way. But I think in the rush to sort of take advantage of, of, of the way the rules are constructed, people kind of walked away from the running game. They, they they didn't make running backs a, a priority in the draft. Oh. Uh, they, they they discarded them after you know with the team for two years out, bringing another guy, uh, and, and they didn't put they put pass blocking as a bigger emphasis on offensive linemen than run blocking. And when when offensive linemen would much rather run block than pass block. Oh, so yeah. um, 
I, you know, that's a really, really good question. And I think if, if somebody wins a Super Bowl with somebody rushing for 160-plus yards, maybe there's a, a different it's, trend. You say, hey, this running thing ain't so bad. It's going to be a while, Bob. I, I, I think that balance may play into the, the minds of offensive coordinators. You know, you look at a team like the Giants, and they've got a, it's Saquon Gar- Barkley, and you, you wonder if this may make them think about using him differently next year. But it's going to be a long time. Before we move to the Hall of Fame in baseball, guys, it's going to be a long time in playoff football where on consecutive weeks we will see the winning team have a quarterback who first had 88 passing yards and then a championship game where a guy had 77 passing yards. 88 (laughs) for Tannehill against the Ravens, 77 for Garoppolo (laughs) last night. A total, Mitch, between those guys, a total of 13 completed passes. Guys, you know what the scary thing is? We're going to have three more podcasts before the game is yeah. played to discuss this even further. We may have to have a Super Bowl free <laughs> podcast well, on Thursday. We, well, well, but we won't have another podcast to talk about Aaron Rodgers, and we need to. All right, before we move away from football, right. we need to have a conversation. Shot. Well, we still need to have a conversation about Aaron Rodgers. 31 well, we for 39, 326 yards. Uh, his stats were, if you look at stats, were fine, but, but he was out of this thing early on and you know effectively those are garbage time stats all those numbers you know Devonte adams mike you and i talked about this about i said the the packers have three guys rogers jones and adams and if you can take away one of those weapons you you've left them pretty one-dimensional they stopped Devonte adams absolutely flat cold when they had to and he ended up with 138 yards but that was all garbage time points it, it, in the first half he didn't have anything and Aaron Jones was held to 56 yards and Aaron Rodgers said after the game oh I think the window's you know open yep is it yeah I was I heard that this morning and I'm and I'm I'm, I'm skeptical I mean I'm, I'm thinking well you know okay he's he's keeping the stiff upper lip thing but you know I'm 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 here to debate it and uh yeah i'm not so sure that they're in a great position for the future i'm not so sure either i how old was tom brady when he won the super bowl last year uh he was 41 yeah how old was drew Brees when it looked like uh, other than a a blown passing appearance call that he was he was going back to the 39 but it's not age but but it's Mitch, it, 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 it's it's not like he got rough, you know, like a pitcher who got knocked out of the box in the fourth. <laughs> inning. Yes, they fell behind early last night. They did exactly what they did on Monday Night Football. But you know what? Somebody did throw complete thirty-one out of thirty-nine passes, and somebody did throw for over three hundred yards. And and I again, I'm, I'm I'm this is my whole parting shot. I'll give you the stats on what has happened to Aaron Rodgers in the eight playoff games he has lost as a new Green Bay Packer. And I'll just tell you this right now. In five of them, five of them, his defense gave up 37 or more points. Oh, Mike, you're hearing me wrong. I'm not saying there's something the matter with Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying the opportunities that he may get with this with the Green Bay team, given the nature of some of the talent that's that's in the NFC and given some of the talent that's that's in the AFC. I, I just don't know that he gets Mitch, a lot more opportunities d- with the Green Bay Packers. If I had if I had made you make a pick about a month ago, who you thought might go to the Super Bowl from the NFC, you would have you would have said Drew Brees, okay, who's forty years old. The, the yeah. idea that Rodgers is this is it at the age of thirty six to me, it's uh, you're allowed to think that. I absolutely don't think that. 
So you're thinking he's going back to another Super Bowl in his career? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, why not? Again, Mitch, how close was Drew Brees when he was about approaching his 40th birthday to go play? Oh, I know when it was. It was last year. Yeah, well, I think the windows windows open and windows close. And it's not about it's not about Aaron Rodgers. It's about the team that he's with there, and uh, they're still not a complete team. And we'll, but they we'll were see thirteen they get and better. Mitch, yeah, they I know, were I know what they were. And three, and they didn't lose a game in their division. So this idea that they're backsliding after they make it to the the, the the NFC Championship game and play a superior team to me, I'm just not buying it. All right. Well, we'll see next year. Uh, meanwhile, let's uh, let's we want to move on to the baseball world. But before we do that, a uh, word from our friends at ZipRecruiter. It's a new year, folks, and you want to keep growing your team, but you need the right tools to help keep your hiring streamlined and efficient. And that's where ZipRecruiter.com/reporters comes in. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. Write this down, ZipRecruiter.com slash reporters. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-E-P-O-R-T-E-R-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash reporters. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So the Hall of Fame will be announced in baseball uh, tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, the, people may th- maybe will be surprised, Mitch and Bob, and, and Bonds or Clemens or both will get in. Maybe we'll be surprised at, at Kurt Schilling will get in, despite all of the, the trouble he has made for himself with his political beliefs. And I, I'm not one of those guys who ever said, oh, here's my Hall of Fame ballot and get an easy column out of it. I, I do vote for, for Schilling, as odious as I find his politics. But to me, the big question is... Is Derek Jeter going to be on 100% of the ballots the way the great Mariano Rivera was a year ago? Bob, I'll go with you first. What do you think? I'll say no. Um, I'm guessing someone will be a a holdout. Uh, I just say this very quickly, that I believe in the history of this balloting since 1936 that there have been somewhere between 50 and maybe 100 players who should have been unanimous players that you could not have looked right. me in the yeah. eye and said, this guy is not a Hall of Famer. And the reason that the that we have only had the one is that there were people who are uh, people, A, there's some stupid people, and B, there were people who refused to vote for anybody in the first year regardless. I never understood that philosophy. I never will. Anyway, Mariano Rivera got the honor that should have been given to at least 75 to 100 guys before him. And Jeter deserves that honor as well. But I'm going to guess that uh, he won't get it. Well, if he doesn't get it, I would give this acid test to whoever does not vote for him on the first ballot. Two words. Why not? <laughs> and then I want to hear the answer. Now, if the answer is, well, I don't vote for anybody in the first ballot, then you're an idiot. And, and, and you've just dismissed yourself. Now, give me a, 
a factual answer. Why not? And I want to hear somebody defend. Overrated defense, somebody will say. Somebody will say that. And he was overrated defensively with gold gloves. He didn't deserve all the gold gloves he got. Michael knows that in the end. He oh, was, yeah, I know. Uh, that was, and that's by the, on the managers and coaches. Yeah, but he, um, doesn't need, he doesn't need to be the, the greatest uh, uh, defend, defensive player ever to still go in on, on all that he's done offensively and all that he's done just just – <laughs> Presence-wise, for that the New York Yankees, should, I, you know that question which I would have posed to anybody who didn't vote for you know any number of other people. You can't look me in the eye and say it wasn't a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm. Look, I hope I'm wrong because I, I think he deserves it. Guys, I, I I consider myself a having a doctorate in jeterology. Okay, I saw the <laughs> whole show from him. I Bob and Mitch. I was I was on a book tour with one more stop to make when he was about to play his last game at Yankee Stadium, and I, Mitch, I called the publisher and i said i'll come back to this place but knowing jeter something might happen tonight and and drove back from western massachusetts and was there to watch him hit a single and knock in the winning run uh against the baltimore orioles he's an interesting figure i believe that the here's some things that don't factor into into people voting for him he's as important as any yankee there has been since babe ruth because he became the face of the franchise in at the moment in time where the yankees went back to being the yankees again and he was the kid every yankee fan he was a player every kid yankee fan wanted to be he he is not the greatest shortstop of all time i mean that's not even in dispute okay even when alex rodriguez came over from texas there was a better shortstop playing to his right at third base at yankee stadium but he is one of the great winners of all time. His his postseason numbers, and again, not everybody gets to play as many postseason games, are extraordinary. Okay, including the night when he became Mister November in 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 the, for the first time in Major League Baseball history against the the Diamondbacks. Um, but there is no box that he does not check. And and again, guys, are we going to have to endure the one guy from blank who will explain to us why he just couldn't and we, we're gonna count me out is if, if for reading that column where somebody has to give his tortured explanation of why he didn't vote uh, Derek Jeter into the Hall of Fame you know somebody you know that they didn't vote for, someone didn't vote for Ted Williams somebody didn't vote for Willie Mays Hank Aaron I mean and countless others it's just uh, yes, and who that remembers the, I don't understand who well, those the, people the, were right but that, that's what the big story and who cares? I think is, you know, wh- whether Bonds and Clemens. All right, what about Bonds and Clemens? What about okay. Mitch? Do you think they're going to get in this year? Uh, they're right on the cusp here now. I, You know, this is like sticking a thermometer in the collective rectum of uh, uh, the American uh, media and saying, is enough enough? Have you basically reached that point to say, ah, ah, you know, all right, all right. Now that enough time has passed, yep, uh, yep. you know, it doesn't bother me as much. I, I've... My my, now I, I don't vote on this. My, my feeling has been, if you felt that what they did was so heinous as to keep them out of the Hall of Fame, then that has to be a consistent position throughout your vote, voting. You should not use your Hall of Fame vote as a, I'm going to send you to your room for 20 minutes, you know, and after the 20 minutes, we'll see if you're contrite enough, and then there's another 20 minutes, and but ultimately say, well, I'll vote you in later. That, that to me, is not what a, what a vote should be. You, it shouldn't be a punishment through time. It's, it's a decision on whether someone's act and someone's career and someone's outside of baseball actions warrant uh, him getting in 
or not getting in. So I haven't quite understood why these guys went down to, you know, whatever it was, 60% or whenever they take the thing, and slowly rising up to 70% as if forgiveness figures into your ballot. Well, they were both 59% last year, Mitch. So they, they, and now they're they, tracking in the 70. They're tracking, but but the but the votes that are being tracked, it's 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 like political polling, okay? Um, um I, I think they've they've looked at 165 out of 412 ballots. And that some people may consider that a scientific sampling. <laughs> I, I don't. That this would be a big jump for both of them to make, okay? Because Schilling has a better chance, I believe, than, than they do, considering the fact he, you know, he was a, a tick ahead of them last year. And and when you, listen, everybody knows what's happening with Mitch. Everybody knows what's happening with, with, with the voters, okay? Guys are coming off the books. Guys are getting younger. Guys have different feelings about drug cheats, okay? But they were drug cheats. And it is amusing to me, I'd like to get you guys, before we leave this conversation, okay? It's amusing using to me that all of the people hang wringing their hands now okay about the sign stealing in houston then turn around and tell you oh yeah but you ought to be voting for bonds and clemens uh for, for the hall of fame as though the cheating in houston is worse than being drug cheats I, count me out of that conversation because you cannot have it both ways oh uh, as far as Schilling is concerned, I vote for him. I think that uh, anybody who would not vote for him due to politics is, you know, is, should not have a, a ballot. Uh, I think it's strictly on the merits of his, uh, uh, his of his career. I think every time, any time he was injured is the only time with he was not just merely good but great is when he was injured. He struck out 300 three times. He has one of the great postseason resumes in, in baseball and history. Bobby, but it's more than just politics. It's 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 meanness. It's it's the things. That the, the, the people he's the way he attacks people oh, beyond politics. So what, Mike? No, 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 so no. What? No. I mean, Mitch. It, it, so what? Mitch, I just told you I vote for him. Okay, and but he's an odious figure, and 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 he and he's a litmus test for guys who are who who who. But there are people, Mitch, who actually take seriously the the part about character. Now, you, if you had a vote, you might not. Okay, but there the, the, that is actually in the voting regulations for the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And and okay, but 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 character. To me, when they when they bring that up with voting to the Hall of Fame, it's character with regard to how the game of baseball was played, not where your politics are, and not if you're mean when you insult other people. For God's sake, if that was the if that was a a, a, a measure of athletes or baseball players, you'd have to rip up half the people who are in there. You know, he didn't. We're having arguments here over over cheating and steroids and sticking needles into your body and all the rest of it. Okay. I, there's there's a debate because it gives you some kind of edge or unfair edge and and that has that speaks to your character but if you've got a lousy personality how ty cobb get in i mean it's it's it, come on the lousy personalities are strewn throughout sports and throughout every hall of fame and every sport that there is and i would just ask these guys when it comes to bonds and clemens again same question if you're considering voting for them now and you didn't vote for them before because their numbers have not changed, okay? Their accomplishments have not changed since the last time this came around. Nothing about them has changed. Why? 
What's your reason? And if the person says, well, they've suffered long enough, now I'm voting them, then, then you, again, you shouldn't have a vote either, in my opinion. I don't think too many people, th- I, don't, I don't think there are too many who do that, but you have identified why I don't vote for them, and I have not voted for them yet, which is this, I've been saying relentlessly for many years, and one day I may wake up and say, the hell with it, I'm tired of being judge and jury, that I don't know which juice pitchers pitch which juice batters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let them in on the numbers, and, and that's that, and I, and I haven't, and someday that might happen. Well, they're running out of time with me because I didn't do it again this year. But that's why I would do it. I would say the hell with it. I'm giving up. Uh, uh, and I listen to the arguments of people who do vote for them and, and I have people whom I respect. And, uh, and But I haven't come around to that yet. But that's why I would do it. But not, not the other reason, Mick. All right. Before we get to our parting shots, how about a word from our friends at Kronos? Kronos knows that many organizations maintaining a modern workforce of hourly, full, and part-time workers, for them, it can be a challenge. This is especially true for human resources professionals working hard to attract and retain all the best talent. That's why Kronos puts HR, payroll, talent, and timekeeping on a single cloud-based platform. It's one specially designed to give HR professionals supporting a blended workforce a whole new level of confidence. With it, they have everything they need to tackle nearly any human resources challenge and are empowered to not just find and hire the right people, but to engage, motivate, and reward them every single step of the way. Learn more about Kronos HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them because Kronos is at heart a people business at Kronos.com slash HR swagger. Kronos workforce innovation that works. All right, time for our parting shots. Bob Ryan, please lead us off. Now, now parting shots. You know, back in my collegiate days, I was a huge college basketball fan. Now listen up, you millennials. Do you know how many televised games I was able to see on a weekly basis? One. One game! It was the ECAC game of the week between a pair of Eastern Independents. There being no Big East, etc. So how did I get so smart? I don't know, but I did. Anyway, this past Saturday, I spent eight hours plus watching college basketball in my easy chair. I began with Baylor beating Oklahoma State, and I ended with Gonzaga beating BYU. Yes, there was a dinner break along the way. Don't worry. The point is that each Saturday, there were upwards of 30 to 35 men's and women's college basketball games available on TV. The highlight for me was a great clash in which Oregon beat host Washington on what had to be a 35-foot buzzer beater. I am not exaggerating by Peyton Pritchard. What's my point? You guys don't know how good you have it. That's all. My son, Zach, who loves the Packers the way our late friend Dick Schaap did, sent me these numbers after the 49ers beat the Pack last night. Aaron Rodgers has had eight playoff losses in his career. Here's what happened in them. The defense gave up 45 points. The defense gave up 37 points. The defense gave up 45 points again. In another, he led a game-tying drive at the end, lost a coin flip, never got to touch the ball. Then that happened to him again. And guess what? It happened a third time. Then his defense gave up 44 points and finally 37 last night in Santa Clara. Rodgers didn't have his best postseason game last night. He didn't have his best season. It doesn't change the fact that he is one of the best players to ever play his position and somebody whose creativity and ability to throw on the run and make big moments and memories is being channeled right now by the kid, Patrick Mahomes. 
Rodgers did speak confidently about the future after last night's game. He's still only 36, so there is still time for Green Bay's number 12. He's still got game. But there has been a lot of heartbreak kid to his amazing career. A lot. And the irony is that in a year when the Packers played the kind of defense they did, it was the same old, same old for Aaron Rodgers last night. You buy the tickets, you pay a fortune, you sit in traffic, you pay an obscene price for parking and food and the souvenir t-shirt, you sit down for the big event, and it's over in 40 seconds. I just described the Conor McGregor Cowboy Cerrone fight Saturday night. It was over as soon as McGregor busted Cowboy's nose, kicked him into oblivion, and scored a TKO. 40 seconds. I've almost been talking that long. The don't blink it's over fight has always fascinated me. In 1994, a WBO super bantamweight fight was over in 17 seconds. Bernard Hopkins won a middleweight bout against Steve Frank in 24 seconds. And Mike Tyson, well, he beat Marvis Fraser in 30 seconds, Robert Calais in 37 seconds, Lou Savarese in 38 seconds, and Michael Johnson in 39 seconds. You didn't get to your seat late when Tyson fought. All that training, all that promotion... All the travel, all the business, all the interviews. Heck, even the time it takes to set up the chairs. All of that dwarfs the actual event itself. There's something weird about that, isn't there? Then again, if I ever got into the ring against someone who could claw, knee, elbow, scratch, shoulder butt, or roundhouse kick my face in, I guess 40 seconds would seem like quite enough. That's going to wrap it up for today's Sports Reporters Podcast. We do this every Monday and Thursday, so we'll be back in a few days to talk with you some more. If you like what you heard, leave us a comment. If you didn't, leave us a comment. Uh, You can leave us a rating as well if you would like. We appreciate that. You can get this podcast on Apple and Stitcher and Spotify and Pandora and anywhere you get popular podcasts. Until we see you again on Thursday, on behalf of Bob Ryan and Mike Lupica, this is Mitch Album saying have a great week.